And as I welcome Pastor Fred Sachewa. loved sometimes you don't know what to do you can't say thank you you can't say hello but the most important thing is Lord keep knitting our hearts together as we serve you wherever you take us to be good evening brothers and sisters in the Lord so good for me to be here. It's a joy for me to be home. It's a privilege for me to call this church my home. I always look forward to share with you of what God is doing in Uganda. Just want to share with you a video. Thereafter, we rock and roll in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the video. Is it going to run? Sorry? Yeah, I this is okay. our um, coffee business center, and the whole dream of our coffee lies around this building because we, as we work with the farmers, we think that value addition is very, very important when people have to make a living out of the coffee they produce. We took this activity as celebrator of ministries, knowing that there is no way we can keep people on relief. People can work on their own, people can develop their farms, and people can make a living from their own backyard. So this building you see here is our dream center, whereby all the coffee we shall be buying from our farmers will be brought and processed here. God is on a business of reviving the incomes of the people. But at the same time, it has even helped us as a ministry, as we organize these people through their local churches and communities. We have now 850 farmers. We have planted 300,000 coffee trees. We have given out several implements. We have trained the farmers in being effective coffee farmers. We have trained them in savings, when they earn money, how they save that money. We've trained them in value addition so that when they harvest the coffee, how do you dry it to the point of processing? All those steps are very important when you are building sustainability. So this is our coffee business center. Uh, we dedicated it to the Lord, and this is the stand uh, to signify that this center is in existence and out of this center this season we've already exported we have loaded five tons of coffee they've gone but our target between now and September our target is to export 20 tons of coffee and that is like our plan is to pull a full container of coffee. Coffee is only exported in 20 tons. A batch is 20 tons. So this year we have reached that level. And with the machine, 
in place will even hit several more tons of coffee, which means it's going to, to multiply our volumes we are going to put out there. Um, when the farmers make money, we, we came up with another idea that, okay, you've got the money. What next? So we have started a saving scheme. This saving scheme is going to help the farmers from their money they get, they bring it, the, we call it hope saving scheme. Hope saving scheme is going to be a small bank run by Celebrate Hope Ministries, but the farmers in here, this whole area, in the villages where we are, they don't have access to big banks. They don't have access to big banks. They, they, the big banks are in a, a, a long distance. So when they sell coffee, you can't subject them to paying and then go to the bank. So Celebrate Hope Ministries will come up with a new program whereby we, we, we have a, a savings bank actually at our office where it is, our dream is to construct another office here, but the, where the offices are right now is what we want to turn into a small bank. So the farmers, they bring their money there, we build a cooperative savings scheme, and then Celebrate Ministries gets all the money, puts it in a big bank, and now we start to run a rural savings scheme. So far as we speak, 100 farmers have signed up for this, for this, for, uh, for this bank, They've already paid their membership. Come 14th September this year, we are going to launch it. Um, and the farmers are going to sign all the legal papers. And come January, the bank should be up and people will be saving. Uh, we, we need to buy computers. If we can get computers, we need to buy uh, the program, the savings program. It's going to be a small investment we need there. And we are praying for the right staff to run the bank. We are going to begin with three members of staff, the manager and two credit officers who will be receiving money. Uh, but we need about four computers, which are good, and uh, we can't take old computers. We need to buy new computers so that we start a good program, furniture, and some basics to start the farmer's bank. Now, the dream we have also at this center is, um, right there where I'm pointing, we want to put a bakery. The reason why we think like that is um, Celebrate Hope Ministries, we believe in self-reliance. We believe that much as we can move and, and come to people at Blazing Fire or other places in the United States and raise money, we also have to build sustainability. And that's what I believe in. So we want to build a bakery right there as a business to contribute to all the financial needs of Celebrate Hope Ministries. We can, yes, you've been donating, and you are still donating, and you've been faithfully donating, but we want also to develop our own income so that we listen on how much you, and that will make some good business sense in the ministry, and it will give us self-reliance, we'll be doing more things for the ministry, we'll be supporting more churches and the like. And right there on my left, uh, beyond that tree there, we are going to build an optical center. Uh, people here in the area, they have a big problem. Okay, we'll catch up from there. Uh, that property, okay. No, it's still running. Oh, okay. It's okay. 
the rest of it was good. It was, it was good stuff, okay? What I want to do, let's just turn the house lights up real quick, is we're going to take a special offering for Pastor Fred and his ministry. Be- because we can. We love to bless in this house. And, um, yay, yay! Ooh, okay. Just checking. Um, if you're making checks out, go ahead and make them out to Blazing Fire Church, and we will turn around and write him one check. If you want to make a donation by credit card, we have that option available as well. Lizzie has the credit card slips in the back, so if that's you, you can ask her for a credit card slip or Pastor Russ. This is the point. This is where we pray. <laughs> I love this guy. A lot. Thank you. Yes, I do. So, Jesus, we say yes to what you've already said yes to before the foundations of the world for Uganda and for Celebrate Hope Ministries. Jesus, even the things that we can see, but even the things, the realities and the lives that, and just more than we know, that's being affected. We count it a privilege to sow into something to do really good, good ground. And we say thank you for Pastor Fred and all that you've done, all that you were doing, and all that you will continue to do. Holy Spirit, thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Here's Pastor Fred. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Uh, That piece of property you saw is um, 14 acres of land. And um, we want to, to turn that into a center. And as we had a share want to be self-reliant. Last year when I was here, you donated now over $9,500 towards purchasing the coffee uh, uh, plant. Um, we've been working on that project. So far now the center is finished and we've reached uh, over $30,000. We are remaining with about $18,000 to have the project finished. So we are going on as you continue working. We've also been continue working. Praise the Lord. I just want also to thank you, church, again, for supporting us by sending teams to come to serve with us. You've continually sent your pastor and the team to come and spend those days with us down in Irakai. This year, Pastor uh, Todd and uh, Pastor Todd and Pastor Joe Smiley, where was he? I'm told he's been unwell. They came in May. My brother came in May, and uh, we had a wonderful time. We, 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 we were reaching out to 700 young people who came for the camp. And Pastor Todd's job was to teach our people into spiritual worship. So he could teach them and take, break them out into uh, a spiritual work. Uh, workshops and um, teaching them. Every time he would come and say, they wrote a song, they wrote a song. So God favored our brother to bless our young people and uh, this program continues every year. So we want to appreciate you, Pastor, for coming and setting aside your time to come and serve with us and making a difference in the lives of the young people. However, when they were serving, God did something. They told me, Fred, want to go and see what's going on in the community. I said, oh, yeah, sure. Let's go. And most so they wanted to see how child sponsorship really affects and changes families. Because I've always been sharing with you, brothers and sisters, that 
we are running a sponsorship program which runs for only six years with $35 a month for six years. This family with the child, we take the child to school, but more so, we start a coffee farm for them and also we engage them on a spiritual journey. So they, they, they wanted to learn. They were like, okay, you come to church, uh, but we, take us and so that we can sit practically. So I went to the office. I said, okay, you guys, uh, let's go to this family. So we sat in the car, Pastor Todd and Pastor Joe, and we went, and um, we reached there. I didn't know that I had chosen a family of a Muslim lady. Now, uh, Celebrate Hope Ministries, we serve people regardless of who they are, their religion. Jesus loves them the same. Jesus loves them the same. And in this church, we have more than nine people sponsoring children. And even today, I've come back with some pictures because some other guys need some help and their families. Then we went, we reached this family. The lady was all covered up, all covered up as they always dress. I don't know whether their hearts kept the same pace, but I don't know whether they got scared, but we got there anyway. And uh, we sat in this house, and they said, okay, but let's, Pastor Fred, take us so that we can put the coffee farming to the child sponsorship. And that was the connecting factor, because we've been working on a program we call Coffee Evangelism whereby we engage farmers, meeting them at their coffee farms, and we share Christ with them. This was quite dramatic because God did it right there to make and to bring a meaning of coffee evangelism and something we've been sharing with you. And I didn't know that God was purposing that night, that morning, that my brother Todd and Joe would witness coffee evangelism, and this Muslim woman would come to the Lord. Let's have this picture of this lady. We were right there in the coffee farm. That's Pastor Joe. That's the lady. And we, um, that's Daniel. Daniel is the, is the guy coordinating all the child sponsorship program. So I'm there teaching Pastor Joe the crop, and right there he picks the message. And this is a lady, a Muslim lady. Second picture, please. She started by giving us a testimony. This boy was burnt completely from the neck all the way down with the porridge. And this boy was taken to the first hospital he was chased. He was taken to another hospital. They said, we can't help. So she was taken to another hospital. And they put this boy in um, intensive care. And there were restrictions that nobody could visit this boy. Now... The mother was there three days when she was in this hospital. On a Saturday, a man came. A man came and said, I'm going to pray for your son. Oh, really? But they don't allow people in there. Because even they could not even sweep that. It was only being vacuumed. No sweeping, no what. Only the doctor and the nurses were allowed. He was grade three burnt from the neck all the way down. So the man insisted to pray, and he went in and prayed, and he left. She's a Muslim lady. Doesn't make sense to her. Then the following day on Sunday, at around 10 in the morning, the man shows up. The man says, I'm going to pray for your son. She's like, okay, um, you can go in and pray. 
But then when the man was leaving, he said, Lady, remember, this is five days after the burn. The boy is all pink. You know, he's dripping water. Fluids are coming out of his body. And the man, when he was leaving, he said, Tomorrow at 10, you'll be discharged from this hospital. She's like, this is now where Christians go crazy. In the eyes of a human being, that was the most impossible thing to happen. So the man told her, get ready, tomorrow at 10 you leave. She's like, okay. So the man left. The following day at 10, the doctor came on his usual round to check on the boy. They opened the boy and the doctor goes like, what? That boy was completely healed. Grade 3 band. And when we, she told us that testimony, we asked her, who do you think that man was? And she says, I'm so sure that man was Jesus. Pastor Joe and Pastor Todd, they pick it right from there and they said, would you want that man? And the next picture you are going to see we are laying hands on her and we are praying. And she said yes to Jesus. So when you sponsor a child, you give us an opportunity to get into people's homes. And not only that, the interventions we start with them give us the opportunity to share Christ. So it was such a beautiful, wonderful thing. We all left in awe seeing my brothers on a coffee farm for the first time, although they enjoy coffee. <laughs> Leading a person to Christ and it, it completed our story of coffee evangelism. Building sustainability, not only physically, but spiritually. Thank you, friends, for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for supporting them. Thank, uh, where's your wife? Right there. Where's she? To let you come and... Uh, no, she's somewhere. Okay. To let you come to serve. And all of you sending, uh, later sending uh, Pastor Joe. We worked with the pastor's conference. And uh, Pastor Brent has already... He's a darling. Oh, my goodness. Your pastor is a darling. You know, normally, <laughs> we come in when the pastor is already, like, gathered. So when, for the first time when you walk, we walk in, they all rise up and clap. And just, I'm like, what? You are loved here. Thank you, Blazing Fire. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. But I just want to say, let's keep on a journey will make a difference to the world. As you heard me share in the video, this video was shot by my number one videographer, Uncle Joel. <laughs> he, 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 he filmed that video, but that property is 14 acres of land, and we are going to create a, a, a community center whereby transformation has to begin from. And this year, we're able to buy our tent, 700-seater tent, 
we are looking at conventions and bringing people. We want to go where people live, where people are. And it was our first time to use it when Pastor Joe and Pastor Brent were there. It was hard. We needed funds in there. Our generators were failing. But on this trip, God has provided a generator. God has, has provided all the equipment we need to have our tent. We, we have our truck. We have, um, we have the voice. We have the mouth. We have the word of God in us. We are going. We are going. Thank you, Blazing Fire. We can't thank you enough. I want to bring you greetings from my wife, Rebecca. This time she's not with me. And thank you for praying for us. She's doing fine. And um, our daughter, Joyce, is now second year in college. She's doing filming and media. And um, our son, Joel, just Joel, uh, joined the college. Uh, this year, the freshman is doing a Bachelor of Science uh, in horticulture and crop science at Macquarie University. And our daughter, Jocelyn, she's 15. She is in third year high school. And our baby, who's 10, is a fourth grader. We are doing fine. I'm healthy. The beginning of this year, I snapped my back. I was demobilized for a month. But the brothers came and prayed for me. I had like a small bone protruding. Uh, and it happened in Rakai. Those of you who have come to Rakai, it was so difficult for me to be driven to Kampala. I was tied on the chair and I was brought down to Kampala. Uh, I could not move. I wanted to go to bathroom on the way. It was so, I almost did it right there, but thank God. <laughs> but anyway, um, I got to hospital and uh, I got the best physiotherapist you can ever imagine because this is the guy who is the doctor of our Olympic gold medalist. He's the guy, my, my, my nephew works in that hospital as a doctor and the guy who worked on my back. And the brothers came and prayed for me when I made it to Kampala. I'm fine. I'm doing well. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I just want to take a few moments together with you and we'll just remind ourselves on one basic thing. Trust. Tell your neighbor, trust. Trust. And this morning I was praying and I was like, Lord, what kind of prophetic word do I have for the church? And the Lord just put it on my heart and it is like whoever has received the word, you just need to do one thing, trust. Every word spoken in your life will come to pass just to do one thing, doing what? Trust. I said, Lord, what does that mean? It says, look, people love me, worship me, I love them, but oftentimes they don't trust me. I said, why, Lord? We love you. We love you. We love you. We trust you. Uh, sometimes we don't trust enough. That the Lord will get to know that we love him and we trust him. I love one basic one thing. This is our God, our Father loves us. And this is what we've done in my family. And um, when we got the book, Daddy, You Love Me, we turned it into a devotional in my house. And Pastor Brent was blown away. He was like, I turned your book into a devotional. We read a portion every night. 
and we discussed that. This man wrote a beautiful book. I don't know, you know it, because you read it before I did. He wrote a beautiful book. But in every segment of that book, the Lord is reminding us that he loves us. Our job is to trust him. Just that. Just that. We cannot do anything over and above that. So this morning I was like, Lord, what kind of word am I taking to blazing fire? Trust. Prophetic? No. What is it? Trust. There we go. And confirm every word I've put in every life at the church, in the congregation, in your families, wherever you are, that the Lord is demanding one thing, trusting him. When we trust him, the Lord will take us from one level to another level, from one grace to another grace, from one faith to another faith, from strength to strength, from grace to grace, from love to love, from heights to heights, from glory to glory, from victory to victory, from strength to strength, from healing to healing, because the one who attributes all that upon us is the one to be trusted. He is his word. He is his word. I'm your healer. I'm your lover. I'm your father. I'm your provider. I'm your everything. He lives his word. He talks his word. He walks his word. He reigns his word. He dwells in his word. He lives in his word. He is toes and bestows and lavishes us with his word. He actually is his word. Nothing more, nothing less about his word. His word is yeah and amen. He actually, his word. Trust him. Our father is challenging us that my children, wherever you are, just Trust me. Turn with me if you came with your Bible. Matthew chapter 8. We are going to, to, to read just a few verses here. And we'll keep going. And we'll keep going. Matthew 8. Matthew 8. 5 to 10. Matthew 8. 5 to 10. And this is what scripture says. When he entered Capernaum. A centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man and authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servants, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Scripture continues to see what the Lord did. Many times our trust is hampered when we think that we are unworthy to be loved of God. We, 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 we look at the staff sometimes 
following us and we think that we have become rejects of God our Father. None of us is a reject. None of us is a second thought. None of us is a by the way. All of us are loved equally no matter what. The man came to the Lord and to him he was seeing himself unworthy. Jesus speaks the, what the man thought that he was unworthy and he turned that to be the connecting factor of the ministry in his life. Lord, I'm unworthy. In a minute, in a second letter, he says, but your word. What does that mean? What it means is, even when I'm unworthy, your love, your word, your grace, everything you have in you are mine because I'm your child. But oftentimes, when we say that, we forget that we only get that when we trust him. One. Two, that we are created by him, so he gives them to us. Three, is that we just have to tap into them. Oftentimes, when we think we are unworthy, we don't even bother to tap into them. But in the name of Jesus, the son of our heavenly father, our brother, our friend, he says we just need one thing, faith and trust. Everything will be done. You are not unworthy. You are not a reject. You are not a second hand. You know, in Africa, in Uganda, I don't know other parts of Africa. I'm so much used to my country, Uganda. In Uganda, uh, when you go to the market, my brother Trevor is here, uh, you get, you buy clothes, second hand clothes. And 90, 9, over 90% of the cars you drive are second hand used cars. We cannot afford new cars. I can't buy a new car. If you are in Uganda and you hear that, then you wonder what's going on there. Whatever is going on there, take your business down there. Second hand, second hand car, second hand shirt, second hand shoe, second hand everything. And sometimes even drugs when they expire, they take them back and they change the expiry date and they bring them to us. And they put them on the market. So we, 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 we get all these things second hand, rejects being dumped in Africa. And they are children of God who think that they are also being dumped before the Lord. You are not dumped. You are first hand. You are brand new. You are in his image. He loves you. He cares for you. You are not second hand. You are not re a reject. You are not re just rebranded. You are beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. You are worthy. This man saw himself unworthy. Jesus picked what kind of strength that you have in you that Jesus can pick that and he tweaks it and turns it around and turns it into a blessing. The words of this man turned into a blessing and all of us are rejoicing on it and we pray quoting it saying Lord we pray for our brother wherever they are send your word because your word can heal. 
What do you have in you that at one point you think you are unworthy, but the Lord can pick it out of your heart and turns it around and it becomes a a rejoicing factor, a rejoicing point. What is it that is in me that the Lord can look at and say, yes, right there. Is it prayer? Is it faith? Is it worship? Is it giving? Is it love? Is it grace? Is it forgiveness? People can't even forgive. And when they forgive, they don't forget. What is it that even when you see yourself unworthy, that the Lord, can we search our hearts? That in us, as we approach thy throne, Lord, Lord, what do you see in me? What do you see in me that can make me to be worthy of being called your child? That is where we stand from. And that's where we begin from. Trusting in the Lord. And when we trust the Lord, we let down all our vulnerability. What a vulnerable... What what is it that is good? Just open your vulnerability before the Lord. When we are real, he's real. When we are real, he's just right there to turn our unworthiness into being the power in his kingdom. We just have to be real. Be real in fellowship. Be real in prayer. One thing I love about my people and myself, when I'm in Rakai, wherever, I know I'm poor, but I'm not so poor. Because the reason why I changed that attitude, that mindset, we have land, we have rain, we have hands, See, we have coffee as long as America is here. You always drink coffee. <laughs> you know, so I, amidst poverty, I laid my vulnerability before the Lord. And the Lord, in His goodness and mercy, He revealed a vision to us. We were real to him saying, Lord, we are poor, but what can we do? And in that point, at that very point, he created a program like that, you see. We are selling coffee now. God can change a world. No, don't think that being in the first world, you don't suffer. You suffer. I hear a lot of stuff going around you guys. You hear people talk on phone and phone. You go like, that is very simple. Can't you just stop talking? You know, that's one thing I don't understand uh, among you Americans. This one calls this one, then this one calls this one, then this one calls this one. Then this one. you go like, that is simple, get over it, man, move on. You dwell, you know what, you dwell in the unnecessary things. But Jesus tells us, you are vulnerable, you've spoken about it, it is done, it is finished. But out of that, your vulnerability, what is the Lord picking that he can change to make you worthy of you being his child? Right there is what God wants us to do. Amen? We need to make Jesus marvel on our worship. How can we make him marvel at one of the two things, three, four, five things we can do that he goes like, wow, what a, what a guy. 
How can you make Jesus say, wow, what a woman, what a daughter that I have. What is it that you can do and you make heaven shake in your church, in your family, in your relationships, in your marriage, among your children? What can you do that people can say, wow, we never expected so and so to do such a thing. Praise the Lord. What is it that we can do that can make people marvel at our actions? Leave money alone. Leave riches alone. Leave power alone. Come back to Jesus. Make him understand that amidst riches, we can touch his heart. We don't worship because we have a good account. We worship because he is Lord. Period. Because if you think it is money, we worship. My brother Trevor is there. We go all night meeting, man. We just hit those drums and kicking that ground from sunset to sunrise, man. You just go back home sweated and you go back home sweated. Sometimes you don't have soap to wash. No, who cares? I've just worshipped my God. You sweat your, you smell your sweat for three days, you know, man. You cannot just keep washing. You don't have water. He's trying to provide clean water. You know, people, people want to wash in Africa, by the way. But he's going to walk three kilometers to get a jerrycan of water. He knows. He knows. So what does he, he brings this 20 liters of water and the main purpose of this water is to cook. So washing, we think about it. Bathing, we will see it. But you have water 24-7. Even when you have a drought, you have a means of getting water. So what is it that you need to know that God loves you so much that within this lavishing love of God upon this country that you can prove to him that you can touch his heart and you quake him around and he says, yes, these are my children. In plenty, they are my children. In riches, they are my children. Forget your riches. Forget your power, America. Come back to the cross. Trust in God. Don't trust money. Don't trust money. Trust. This is hard stuff. That's what the Lord told me to tell you. We need to make Jesus marvel. And he says, Wow. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Just going to see a few words there then. Um, Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to verse 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to verse 5. I'm about to finish, my brothers. Don't, don't worry. Because you are saying, what are you doing, Fred? And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep and let your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. This is what the most beautiful part of the scripture. But at your word, tell your neighbor, at your word, I will let down the nets. We need to trust the Lord at his Word, no matter what. 
These are some of the things really. My, my wife has a condition in her health. And, uh, you know, I've seen miracles. That is one of those miracles we are talking about. But she never got healed. Then I go like, Lord, why do I see others being healed? But my wife is not healed. What is it that I've done? And his answer is, my grace is sufficient. At his word, we don't take God of what he has done. We don't take him of the riches we have. We don't believe him because I'm peaceful. We believe him and we follow him because of his word. Minus his word, everything will pass away, but his word will not pass away. Trust in the word of the Lord. At your word, Lord, who cast the nets. Because you said it. He trusted him. The guy had toiled all night and he had caught nothing. You have worked, you have toiled. You seem not to be catching anything in your life. At his word, in the name of Jesus, my brother, my sister, cast yourself right deep into Jesus. Right there. Just lay before your father. He loves you. He sees each and every condition you are going through. Our loving father is saying, I'm at your door knocking. Revelation 3. Technology has bells. Tendo. The Lord has a knock. He's not sitting knocking. He's not even lying down knocking, but he's standing at the door whereby he's trying to bring up our faith, the kind of faith which can even cause you to dive into a dry swimming pool. The swimming pool is empty, but you go into the diving board, the diving board, and you are diving right, and you go like, I don't care, probably by the time I get to the bottom, the water will be there. That kind of faith, crazy faith. Where's your trust? Where's your heart? How do you believe your prophetic word? When it was said in January and it hasn't come in September. When you are prayed for and the sickness hasn't gone. Are you there? Is the door open for more ministry? Are you opening for me to do more? Are you trusting me? Look, I stand at your door, at the gist of your faith, and I'm knocking, and I'm knocking, and I'm knocking. Lord Jesus, have mercy on our lives, Lord, so that we can hear the knock, and that knock will make us trust you more, to trust you. Hello? Hello. Jesus. 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 
Jesus. Jesus. Jesus. Help us to learn to trust you, Lord. Mm. Mm. What is it that you are hiding right deep into your heart that is causing you not to trust him and to trust him alone? Look, the Bible is saying, I'm knocking at your deepest. I was glad when they told me, let us go into the house of the Lord because my heart was full of rejoicing. What is it that you are hiding from the Lord? That, that, that closet that you can't open. That closet that you have put five padlocks. That closet that has a secret password. That you cannot open to trust the Lord to change your life. I can't trust you, Lord, because my bank account is empty. I can't. The Lord is standing at your desk. Help us hear your voice, Lord, today, this evening, tonight. We need you, Jesus. We need you to trust you more. Jesus. Jesus. Just pray that each one of you open your heart. And I pray that tonight you lay vulnerable before your God. Express your vulnerability and those moments where you have not trusted to the very expectation of your father. He's here. Trust him. He's his word. He's never changing. Yesterday, today, and forever. I've seen him work in my own personal life when I trusted him. When we started this ministry with $150 to what God is doing today. With the 300 plus children with the homes of built with a Muslim woman coming to Jesus. Trust the Lord. What is it that is drifting you away from the grace of our God? What is it that is going to separate us from the love of God? What is it that's going to take away our trust in Him? Trust God. What is it that you are hiding from the face of your God? That cannot allow you to know that he's your father, he's your maker. He's the beginning of your life. He's the author and the perfecter of your life. Jesus, we need you. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to him at this moment, my brother, my sister. He's in the business of restoration. Restoring our love. Our trust. You do your life better. I come from Uganda. I don't know much about this culture. But his word is the same. He's the same father. The same father we have in Uganda. He's the same father you have in America. 
The same heal of sin, healing diseases in Uganda, healing AIDS, healing people. It's the same God who can heal you. There's no disease. Nothing is impossible before our God, whether in Uganda, whether in America. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God of all creation. He's the God of men. He's the God of women. Nothing. He can fail. Just trust him. Just trust him. Release yourself before the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Release the gift of trust in your life right now. That by faith and by our trust, he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all what we see, all that we comprehend, beyond what we can touch, beyond what even we set our eyes on. He is exceedingly, abundantly doing and changing your life right now just for one thing, trust him. Jesus want to trust you today. Jesus want to trust you tonight. Where are you, my brother, my sister? Where are you? Where are you? Why do we doubt the creator? Lord, help us to trust you. 